Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kidd, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Finally. Here we are. It's been so long. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're back. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. We are here to talk about a movie, as this is a movie podcast. This one, we're big fans of TV movies here Oh yeah, at the podcast. It's no secret. TV movie horror is what I was raised on. It's what I watched my earliest horror movies. And I always have a soft spot for TV horror. This is an early TV horror, 1970, Crowhaven Farm. Yeah, this is maybe a movie that uh, listeners would not be as familiar with as yeah, some of might... the other ones we do. It's uh, not like a, a movie that's suddenly achieved. Uh, yeah, it's not like a legendary, legendary status, status one, but it's a right? known one. And it's, a, you know, especially fans of the genre. But the reason yeah. this movie came into our lives is a whole different story. We got brought to this movie in an exciting way. This, yeah, this movie was uh, was thrust upon us. Uh, <laughs> no, we we were guests on uh, Creature Features, which is a uh, TV show that airs uh, all over the place, and it's on YouTube, and uh, they have a website, and they are horror hosts in the grand tradition of yeah. the uh, of the horror such host a, TV show. I'm such a fan of horror hosts. Yeah, so this is uh, a Bay Area. Uh, TV program version of that. It's a it's something that dates back to the seventies when Bob Wilkins hosted the first creature features. Yeah, uh, John, John Stanley, Stanley hosted the, took it over in the eighties. Uh, this is the new iteration of that, and and we were asked to be uh, guests on it, and this was the movie we watched that week. So yeah, Pro this, Haven uh, this was super unexpected because we are we are total zeros. <laughs> <laughs> no, with uh we it's all you oh, know, unexpected to be asked unexpected to be show. asked yeah, it's yeah. such a i'm so honored to be invited to be on television to be talked to about my opinions on things and uh it was just so unexpected that we would even be thought of well we uh, have to give a shout out to neil with the cult film series yeah. and the cult show it's all on who YouTube. you know uh, he uh, introduced us to these fine folks, and uh, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I didn't know what to expect because I'd never been on television before. But this was the movie that's going to be playing during our episode that did play. Yep, it's already aired, and so we got ourselves nice and familiar with it to proceed to not talk about it a lot. Yeah, because we talked about ourselves. Well, uh, <laughs> the the nice surprise when I did finally uh, watch this movie, we were given a link to the Crowhaven Farm. This movie is great. I, I actually it. really, really enjoy this movie. And yeah. so it was very fun to come in and be very enthusiastic about this film and to talk to the host, uh, Vincent, and uh, to be able to get into some of the fun stuff about so this movie. So much better. It, I was so relieved. that This is the version of, uh, of actually enjoying your friend's music. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, that feeling of relief when you go see your buddy perform and then it's like, oh, he's good. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. Jesus. Oh, it's fun. We could talk <laughs> is, about it. This is good. We can actually bring up the performance afterwards. Right. Like, it's nice having friends that were in bands that you liked. Uh, and this is that. We get asked to go on this show out of the blue. The coolest news for 2020 for us. Best part of 2020 so far, yeah. by far, right? But 
one of the things late night horror host shows are known for is showing public domain bad movies. It's true. Like that's, that's kind of a of funny fun. part of the genre. Yeah, that's part of the joy of it. If you got your Sven Gulli. Yeah, well, Sven or... Gulli at least has the Universal license. Oh, there so you go. He gets he does the, get the classic Universals and some bigger TV movies. He's shown like Duel and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So the creature features, especially here in the Bay Area, has always been about the bad old movie. Yeah, that's a, a lot of fun to watch, but sometimes really cheap bad. monster movies with like the giant gila monster yeah that was that one a few of weeks before ours and i'm glad we did not get the giant gila monster that one's a bit rough <laughs> yeah that's a rough one it's so it's so such a relief going into a thing that i was already kind of excitedly nervous about if i had gone in there knowing that just a garbage movie <laughs> was going to be playing in between all of our interview segments yeah right it was so much more fun knowing like a movie with a really cool story. It's a cool playing. story. It's actually got a plot you can follow and get invested in, and mm-hmm. uh, much much better than a 1970 TV movie has any right to be. Yeah, I, uh, Crowhaven Farm is like actually has some really cool suspense moments, a lot of cool creepy moments to it. It's I don't yeah. know if it's scary, but it definitely has a lot of creepiness going on. It it felt the the one that you and I were immediately talking about after seeing it is it felt like a tv movie take on midsummer oh it's totally (laughs) ari i bet i I bet ari aster knows about this movie he has to this movie has the same uh a lot of the same themes as same themes just set in more of a salem witch pilgrim community but that puritanical Mm -hmm. cult horror and the intense family drama this is a movie that has uh the the crowhaven farm has a lot of this very intense uh, husband-wife drama going on in it. Yeah. And uh, even the kind of uh, the hereditary angle of totally. the, the steps taken to get this person in this place to do a thing to them. Yeah. Very hereditary. Well, and a, a favorite of mine, which I can't believe I haven't pushed to do as an episode yet, uh, but the Devonsville Terror. It's I a different vibe, but it's that same kind of puritanical, mm. witch-centric small town that, that an a older, secret kind that of thing. An older one? Uh that's 83. We watched it uh at one of our movie days. Susanna uh, Love is the lead. I'll have to look it up. She's also in uh like The Boogeyman. Okay. But uh so it's got all these vibes of movies that I love. Yeah, Grohaven Farm's got a lot going on. There's mm-hmm. a lot of elements, but they all actually work together, I think, really well. Yeah. Uh which again, when we went on this TV episode we didn't know what movie would be playing until probably a few days in advance. Yeah. And this whole experience, we already had no idea what to expect. I didn't know anything that went into it. I didn't know if they rehearsed anything. I didn't know at all. Turns out, we both got prettied up in the makeup <laughs> chair. You're not supposed to tell them we had makeup on. Oh, man. Oh, this lady took I her time I am a natural beauty, I thought. Until <laughs> I was in the makeup chair for like 12 minutes. Nothing a little touch up. Yeah. Yeah. Can't help. A lot of cover up. I didn't want to look shiny and ugly. On I think that was it. It's debut. more about the shininess because, yeah. yeah, you're under some pretty bright lights there. It's, it's, uh, it, this was a professional production. This was lights, camera, and action happening. Yeah. There were several people on set. The set was gorgeous. It's a fun thing. Yeah. It was so it was much fun. fun. And the fact that we got to talk about a cool movie, and now we can talk about the movie actually even more. Uh, movie opens. With one of my favorite openings. I really yeah. want to talk about the opening before yeah. we get too far into it. Uh, because uh, the host made it seem like, oh, nothing much has happened yet. In the first five minutes, 
This movie delivers one of the most cartoonishly over-the-top car explosions I have ever seen. It's it's like a step above Hans Molman going into the tree. I was but going to say Hans Molman <laughs> into the tree. It is literally that clip from The Simpsons. This dude was going a little more recklessly oh, into things. But this thing blows up he so hard. He was driving... Hard fast at night but it blows up molman style but but it plays out like a simpsons joke because the movie opens with a will being read and this guy gets possession of crowhaven farm but he's got to you know go there and claim it i i plan to go to crowhaven farm this weekend he declares <laughs> cut to him driving late at night cut to he crashes and it blows up it was just like a simpsons <laughs> pacing yeah. of a joke you know <laughs> Just it's totally like, true. <laughs> it was beautiful. Movie Before st- you even get the title card. And then the title card Ugh. is gorgeous because that's when it's revealed that it's produced by Aaron Spelling. Master of horror, you <laughs> deemed him. I uh, Yeah, I think he's got to earn a place in the uh, conversation now, knowing he, this. He has a genuinely important part of TV horror history. He produced several tv horror movies in the early 70s before moving on to charlie's angels and starsky and hutch and big successful smashes you know uh he has (laughs) this is one of the things i love about tv horror movies because just like when we were reading through like dennehy's tv movies there's a certain cadence to a tv movie title Mm. and aaron spellings are all perfect they're all like a taste of evil. Oh, right, right. Like a film noir horror movie or something. But my best, the best one, A Cold Night's Death. Whoa. Yikes. <laughs> it's such a like, is that bad poetry or good film noir? Like, I don't know. And they're all that. And uh, of course, how can we forget? Satan's School for Girls. Mm-hmm. So these are all coming within, you know, months of each other. Produced he was as, on a tear then. Yeah, just produced weekly. You know, TV movies were big across all platforms in the 70s. Uh, you know, regular ones like Columbo and Macmillan and Wife, but, you know, there wasn't home video. Right. So TV movies were original cool movies that never played theaters. That's a cool thing. And more care was taken to them in the 70s. And I think that's part of why Crowhaven is such a genuinely good movie. I was think, it? yeah, that idea of the care being taken. You mm-hmm. can tell there was a little effort put into this thing, right? Yeah. It wasn't just slapped together. The best TV movies, I guess it's one of those compliments that the best TV movies could have played a theater. Mm-hmm. You know, like this rose above 70s TV production kind of thing. I could this see wouldn't, that. This would not be that... This could have easily played it, not just drive-ins, but, you know, this was a good, well-placed movie in the horror genre. Really doing some unique things not just for 1970, but for a TV horror movie. Absolutely. Um, there's a huge subplot in this movie about this couple trying to get pregnant, and they have not been able to get pregnant, and that fuels a lot of drama that goes on throughout this uh, also creepy kind of ghost and uh, witches story. Yeah. Um, and Compl- yeah, all, all that kind of stuff was like surprised me when I watched it. Like, wow, they're really kind of like doing the, this, the talking 70- about adoption in 1970. 70s- loved in-depth relationship dramas at the center of their horror yeah, movies. that's a big part of it. You just think of just think of the relationship vibes you get 
between the protagonists in movies like Let's Scare Jessica to Death mm. or The Exorcist <laughs> or even the relationships in Texas Chainsaw. There's always these just kind of fraught, getting away from it all <laughs> vibe <laughs> to all these relationships, just trying to fix things constantly. Right. While horror movie shit's happening like Rosemary's all around. Rosemary's Baby, it. maybe even. Yeah, that Ro- kind oh, of a thing. Totally. This movie is most frequently compared to Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of all those other Midsummer and other movies like that way more. There's a, there's Rosemary's Baby vibes. There was that kind of vibe in tons of horror movies in the last, the four years after. Right, right. But this one's just more of a cooler mix it's of a those cool, things. Yeah, it's a, that, I was kind of thinking like, a lot of movies obviously rip off other movies, but when a movie can kind of mix things and yeah. blend elements Smart to make its own and little uh, story, uh, yeah, to make it its own thing, I think uh, this one does that very well. Because this movie gets into immediately the so the woman Hope Lang and her husband, uh, who is an artist, uh, move out to the farm because the guy who was supposed <laughs> to claim it didn't. Yeah, uh, and uh, immediately like she is knowing things about the farm and having visions and it's clear that there's like this pilgrim like yeah. presence the pilgrim presence on the farm <laughs> very scary pilgrims in their brown like uh, the see i think uh you change the pilgrim costume this movie goes up like three notches the know. pilgrim costume to me looked a, a little the best high school the best usage of pilgrim costumes are in the kind of movies where Think about a pilgrim costume, how it would look in a Cronenberg movie. You know? <laughs> Red. Some, yeah, right? <laughs> like, he'd have a way of making a, a very sinister pilgrim kind of scene. I think any kind of movie that's pulled off the sinister pilgrim vibe knew how to film it to be just different than a, here's my big broad hat and giant buckle. <laughs> the buckles my, are pretty big in this yeah, one. Very strong buckle usage. Yeah throughout i enjoyed it big buckle movie <laughs> uh but i don't know i'm freaked out kind of by the pilgrims their puritanical ways well seem, the, uh, uh, the the when we see them what they're doing is piling rocks on top of a person and so we get a lot of salem witch trial stuff going on on and the fact that uh yeah people really did that stuff to each other is pretty freaky i think tv movies have the most disturbing deaths for mm. me <laughs> I've been so scared and so like horrified by TV movie deaths compared to some of the gory, grisly, gross stuff we watch. I'm thinking something like the corn silo death in Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh, sure. Or the Thresher oh, yeah. death. The corn silo death, though, in particular, this is a TV movie. So they can't show blood and guts and, and gore and stuff. So it's just a man getting suffocated slowly and inescapably mm-hmm. and sliced by the heavy pressure of corn. <laughs> God. And this movie is the same because, yeah, Hope Lang is just crushed to death. They att- The Puritans. Right. They just stack rocks on her. Just put rocks on you until you're buried under rocks, one at a time. And and also in a very midsummer way, uh, there's a lot of falling off of a cliff in this movie mm-hmm. onto rocks below where uh, some sort of, you know, almost witch uh, witchcraft meeting takes place in these... Vi- she has these crazy visions that are very, like... You mentioned uh, Ari Aster knowing this movie. Like, there's <laughs> shots of the same kind of cliffside ritual rock yeah. uh, with a... You know, it's got all that stuff you want out of a small town 
horror cult movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love those kind of flicks, those early 70s horror flicks where a woman has a strong connection to a place for some reason. It was never done better than it was done from 71 to 75. So many giallos had that kind of plot. Why am I drawn to this seaside manor with this strange woman inhabitant? You know, it's such a good vibe. And this movie has like that muddy TV movie quality of that. Right. It's 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 also got the woman who will just not be listened to. No one listens to this woman the entire time. She immediately wants yeah. to leave the farm in the first <laughs> 10 minutes because she knows it's freaky. She's like, I think like I literally was reincarnated and used to live here. <laughs> yeah. Like right off the bat. And the husband's like, ah, honey, you know, we, you know. You can't beat the rent. I mean, it's free. <laughs> Let's know, just yeah. try it out. Try it out. Yeah. It'll be good for you. And then uh, my one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when her husband has to go to uh, an art show and leave her behind, even though she's at this point been hysterical with visions and yeah. uh, thinking that this child that they adopt is evil. He's like, she'll understand. <laughs> Cut to her being like, don't go. <laughs> don't go. Yeah. And he's like, I got to go. This is a movie, like a 75-minute movie, where the woman is not believed for the first 70 minutes of the movie. It's amazing. They really did hit hard with those themes then. But you talked about the the eeriness and the creepiness. We get an all-time great child acting performance in a horror movie. This girl, oh my gosh. We've, weirdly enough, covered her in one episode without realizing it. Because she's the older sister in Slumber Party Massacre 2. That's right. Uh, she's the one in the mental hospital. The actress is Cindy Eilbacher. Eilbacher? Yeah. Yeah. And she's what? Couldn't be more than 10 or 11 in this movie. And is. She's supposed to be 10, yeah. Just a creepy, evil, weird child. Perfectly creepy, uh, man- manipulative. manipulative, conniving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The scene where she's introduced, man. You talk about couples issues. This couple basically gets forced to adopt, guilted into adopting a kid mm-hmm. on just a lazy Sunday. Just yeah. A, what a lousy weekend. They're just in the barn talking. He's working on a painting and the woman comes in like, yeah, I'm uh, here. Do you guys want a kid? I got a kid. Looking to adopt her. <laughs> also, gonna I got to go. We're going to have to put her down if you don't take <laughs> exactly. her. And also, I need to leave. So it's just like, oh, I guess. I'm kind of in a hurry also. So if you could kind of just make up your mind now, that would be great. And uh, yeah, then the girl walks in. I told you to wait in the car. This kid will be These kids, yeah. They seem like a total uh, like mom-daughter con team right off the bat. It's a big, yeah. Well, it is a con. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Crow Farm. But this girl ramps up the, she's the whole source of all the weird in this movie. That whole middle second act is this girl just doing things that maybe they seem right in the moment, but as a third viewer, seem completely incorrect. (laughs) Removed from the scene. Oh, God. We get this awful scene where she crawls into bed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Which is just the eeriest, creepiest scene, man. And again, this is a TV movie. You picture the weird directions they would have been tempted to go had this been a theatrical R-rated flick. Right. And so I always love that element of horror in the TV movies because a lot of them did really well at working within restraints. It forced them to be creative in other ways. 
And this well, movie just had having, that in spades. Just having this kid in the scene you're talking about, um, this kid is clearly trying to divide Helen. Uh, oh, she's trying to break Hope up Lang. a couple. She's trying to break up Maggie in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the 10-year-old like, trying to ruin a marriage. Clearly, just clearly trying to uh, put these people against each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, in the scene, uh, Maggie's out of town. Ben's at the farm. She crawls into bed with this guy in 1970. Like they're in the bed together. Yeah. She tries to give him a kiss. Maybe he he seems like he takes it as like an innocent kid. Just yeah. And then she's like, "I love you, Ben Porter." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey. I love you too." Hey. You sure you don't want to go back to bed? <laughs> yeah. And she, yeah, for 1970, just being like, "This is really creepy." She hits these dark notes and knows how to linger on these uncomfortable yeah. pauses. There's a lot of silence in that scene, and it makes it really like, <laughs> like, it's a oh, it's so like tough. Speaking of uncomfortable pauses, John Carradine in this movie <laughs> is the best. Uh, this guy's been in six hundred things or whatever, right? He always shows up as like a hotel clerk, and uh, he plays uh, what you call a handyman in this one. <laughs> yeah. But every time he, sh- every time Hope Lang turns around, he's right there unexpectedly <laughs> yeah. and just staring at her. Just ah, beg your pardon, you know. Yeah, there's always like the local that introduces himself the most yeah. first when you're going to this strain area, and he, like you said, he's just every corner. He's always there, just peering. But he just kind of stare. Like he'll just say like, "Oh, beg your pardon," and then just continue to stare at her. Yeah. For no real reason, but uh, very creepy. I love how the movie handled the brief flashbacks, how it kept giving you little teases. It, it didn't right. do it so silly and dramatically as, as other soap opera like TV can do it. And again, we've talked about the best part of this era horror movie is the soap opera elements. So it's cool seeing the dark version of that. Yeah. Seeing these kind of violent flashbacks and genuinely scary dreams. The crushing scene, I would put in as scary as something in Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Well, there's a scene where uh, Hope Lang is lured outside in the middle of the night by hearing a girl crying. Which already scares me. It's really, (laughs) and you can hear the wind blowing and this girl's crying and it's very dark on the screen. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, gets out to this field and the the crying stops and then just this laughing comes up. Like this cackling laughing. It's like really... Kind of genuinely unnerving. Yeah, watching it, they it really, really got made to me. the best possible use of kind of expected TV horror tropes. Yeah, and that kind of uh, the the sound work and the atmosphere was really strong, uh, and you didn't always get that from TV movies. Just a really cool pace to this story, and a really kind of darker than expected story. Well, the ending. I mean, you guys should watch this, but. The ending ends with a murder-suicide. Yeah. Like, Ben Porter is driven insane to the point where he thinks that Maggie has sired a child with another man and yeah. straight up goes over and these shotguns people, these that These people dude. got so twisted around by this centuries-old witch cult. And uh, Maggie has already basically sold his soul at this point, <laughs> yeah. and this is how they collect. They drive him... The, kill this guy then to kill himself by essentially being pushed off the same cliff that we see a guy get pushed off earlier Mm -hmm. this is dark it's intense yeah this is a dark flick and there's a scene earlier in the movie where the suitor who eventually gets shot uh is in the house and 
talking about Ben being jealous of him. Oh yeah. And he he rests his hand on the gun and is like, "What's he gonna do?" Yeah, holding That's the what... gun. Very. I like These, that like, kind of stuff. These like intense human relations while there's also a ghost witch hunt going on. Yeah. Oh, it's intense. I love this vibe. This movie was genuinely cool. It had those soapy TV movie music cues. Oh, the music. The music is very strange in this movie because they yeah. have a repeating like theme, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's like trumpets being like. Yeah, I think that's that's the traditional sound like of like times. losing your mind. And I was you really know? starting to feel it after a while. Yeah, yeah they, it was a uh, penetrating. Yeah, like penetrating jarring the psyche. noises. It, but like, every time something would be revealed, like the kid would show up and it'd just be like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it hurt. But uh, <laughs> so. I, I love, yeah, the finish is super dark. It's very messed up for a TV movie. And then you get just another layer of creepiness to it because you get this finale, the real ending to the movie. Where we get the cameo of cameos here, where oh, William man. Smith shows up as an immediately sinister cop. And admittedly, I think William Smith is sinister because I've only seen him play a good guy one time. Well, I was going to say, please remind uh, the listeners who William Smith is. We've covered William Smith a little bit in other shows. He's an old character actor, Western actor in the 60s on a show called Laredo. Mm-hmm. We talked about him a lot. In one of our Once Upon a Tom, Time of Hol- in Hollywood episodes. Because, basically, he's the heavy. <laughs> and there's a whole big long conversation in the beginning with Al Pacino and Rick Dalton. That basically describes William Schwarz. Smith. Schwarz. Yeah. Uh, who William was in this Smith successful western. The Rick for, Dalton. Yeah. yeah, for four or five seasons. And then spent the 70s and 80s getting his ass kicked at the every episode of Vegas. At the end of the Rockford Files, you know, and he shows up in the last four minutes of Crowhaven Farm as a cop. So already, you know how good cops are. <laughs> we all know. You know, on horseback. You've been I, listening I to our episodes touch. lately. You know how how much we love cops right now. Oh, so when big a, thumbs up. A William Smith shows up, who's six three, two sixty. Guy's huge. Cut to cut. Like, looks like. Uh, a superhero yeah like he could have been like a superman if he'd have been a good like guy. when that kind of size really stood out still in the 70s you didn't have guys that size just showing up in a scene as a cop <laughs> yeah yeah so he rides a- it on a horse this huge black giant horse. of a dude on a black horse yeah and right when he shows up i'm like this guy's the bad guy well because you had seen his name in the credits yeah and what and, and uh I think you probably pointed him out to me, like, look for him, because when we were watching it, and the whole time it's like, where is this William Smith at? He's in the yeah. credits. Where is he? And he shows up literally the last scene. Last scene, scene of the movie. One of the great last scenes of movies. How yeah. cool is that for your character to debut in the final scene of the movie? And he leaves a real <laughs> lasting impact because he, uh, yeah, very creepily uh, offers to... So Maggie's gotten away. She has her baby. She basically gave Ben Porter's soul up to keep her baby she got the literal one thing she wanted from the first five minutes yeah which is to leave the farm she and yeah and she, she also wanted a baby f- and yeah. she got that too but she had to basically sell ben porter's soul to these <laughs> she, witches yeah. who very clearly said we owe the devil a soul and uh it's going to be the baby or you can choose ben yeah and then uh 
the uh, yeah, William Smith then basically shows that he is he he ties a knot, which is something Ben does earlier in the movie, to say that he is Ben or yeah. he knows Ben. Seemed like a reincarnated. Uh, we keep falling into these sure movies how that, that have body <laughs> morphing and like like the plot of Get Out. I was going to say John Malkovich. These people pl- transporting themselves and using humans as vessels. Yeah, we keep bumping into that without specifically aiming to so do I could, so. I couldn't figure out if he was just like, I'm a fellow witch. You know, I know Ben, so I know that this he ties this I think there's like both this. ways to interpret it. I think you could or view he it as ben. he's Ben's vessel, and that's why he'll be keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Letting her know who he is. He and, very clearly, yeah. Very and creepily. knowing what she did to him. That's the coolest way to view it, Got I it. think. I think that's the coolest way to interpret it. I think at minimum, it signifies he's somebody familiar with this centuries-old witch cult. Right. He's like a current member, and they know she's here. That's exactly. also very dark. And he very, yeah, very creepily is like, I'll be keeping my eye on you and that baby of yours. Yeah. And then just rides off. And uh, great. I love when movies end on that kind of, uh, it ain't over. Yeah, it's ending. such a cool postscript where everybody knows you, like, some movies just end right in the horror. Would have ended right with the uh, the big witch cult reveal, right? And the guy getting sold off. The postscript is uh, risky. You get stuff like the psycho, <laughs> right? Ending, sure. you know, which is so almost, you know, loved in a funny way to this day. But something like this just added a whole different level of horror to an already cool story. Another think, layer, I think. Yeah. yeah, this was the Rosemary's Baby vibe of the movie. Totally. It was in New York. It looked like New York. Yeah. She had moved there to flee this farm. The farm is up in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's funny because Ben Porter maybe is from there because he very much, uh, the, the young girl who's the creepy girl, her name is Jennifer, and he he's always like, Jennifer, Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, it sounds like a Kennedy. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, the fact that that's the part that really felt Rosemary's Baby to me. Like that William Smith was part of this current sect. Yeah. That'll be watching their their child. You know, so I got that vibe, but oh, cool flick. Cool flick. And if you want to see this movie, you can go to YouTube and type in Crowhaven Farm Creature Features, and the episode that we are on will come up. That's right. Yeah. Make sure you find the one from this year. They're, they did this movie a couple years ago and that episode is also on but it's the one that says so it's come to this yeah our names are in the episode if you're listening to this hopefully you know that uh the name of the show is so it's come to this so you've heard us talking enough but if you wanted to see us talking (laughs) in a different environment this is your chance this is really exciting yeah uh please We, we were interviewed uh throughout Probably six or seven segments. I think we're in six segments on the show. Uh, yeah, in different little three-minute chunks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very fun. They asked us about movies we liked and movies that got us into horror movies. And yeah. so we go down memory lane a little bit. We talk about this one a little bit and how fun TV movies are. Yes. Uh, and we kind of just have fun. That we. I, it was really easy to like have fun yeah, uh, just I was, interacting I was with, nervous with everyone there. Just because I, I didn't know how to go. And from the second we started talking, it was so just, oh, yeah, this is literally the thing we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. We literally just talk. Yeah. So find Creature Features on YouTube. CreatureFeatures.tv is the website. They have yeah. all the videos there, too. They air a new show every week. Every week. We only missed one week in like three and a half, four years. 
And uh, it's at a new time, 9 p.m. now, when yes, it does air on Saturdays. a new show every Saturday on YouTube, and we were lucky enough to be in one with a cool movie. Yeah. So every time in the future somebody looks up this very cool movie, we're going to be the ones they find. They're going to be forced to fast forward through us <laughs> to get to this cool flick. That's right. But yeah, look it up on YouTube. It's well worth seeking out. There is a plethora of cool 75-minute 70s horror movies on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You should sure. take advantage of that while we still have that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was just great to do. And uh, Ahead so of glad its time we got a great movie. And like a real good use of TV restrictions, not just in filming budget, but also in what you could show. Right. This was not, this was an era where more and more lewd stuff and gory stuff was starting to be shown in horror movies. So you had to work competing with that. Hard to do. And when you pull off something with this strong of an atmosphere and this cool, eerie of a setting, it's easy. <laughs> it's so good. It's a really good movie. It's come to this, I think. It came to this. Uh, guys, check out Crowhaven Farm. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>